BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm Ariel Laurie, and this is the Blonde Files podcast, where I talk to experts, influencers, and inspirational people in the world of wellness and beyond. Whether it's mental health, spirituality, nutrition, gut health, hormones, exercise, meditation, entrepreneurship, beauty hacks, and procedures, I cover it here with real conversations and even realer guests. I know you're as curious as I am, so I'm asking the questions for you, and you get to listen in. Welcome to the show. I hope everybody is having an amazing week, and I'm so happy that you're here. And this is a really fun episode for me. I felt like I got to sit down with a girlfriend and just talk about real shit for like over an hour and record it and call it work. So one of the things that I love so much about podcasting, which I've talked about before, is how it has brought some really amazing people into my life beyond the screen. You know, I get to sit down and look at somebody and have real deep conversations about struggles and in this case spirituality and meditation and just our life experiences and ups and downs and it's just such a refreshing thing in this day and age so I really think you guys are going to enjoy this one I always get lots of questions about meditation and spirituality so we really delve into that and more So my guest, Ava Johanna, is a spiritual business coach, host of the Alchemized Life podcast, and celebrity meditation teacher based out of Los Angeles, California. Whether on the podcast or in her one-on-one VIP program, Ava works with individuals to activate their soul's purpose, create powerful daily routines, and elevate every area of their life simply by adjusting their mindset through fully embodying the energy of empowerment and confidence. She has been featured on major wellness publications such as Mind Body Green, Wanderlust 35 Under 35, Lifestyle Magazine, and Yoga Journal. If you guys like this episode or you're enjoying the podcast in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a really long way in supporting the show and what I'm doing here, and I really appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so I'm much so for having happy me. You're here. Um, for everybody who doesn't know, I recorded an episode on Ava's podcast, and it's probably going to be out around the same time that this gets released. So go listen to The Alchemized Life. So good. I was binging it before you came here. Oh my gosh. I was yes. listening to the episode with Mar. What's her name? Marley. Marla. Marla Mattinson. Oh my God. Isn't she phenomenal? I was like, I need to go see her with my husband and we need to do the work. <laughs> yes. Um, I was blown away and it's so funny because my girlfriend um, recommended her and she's like, you know, she's pricey and I'm like, we'll do whatever it takes. And um, 
so we go to, or we don't go, we have her over for um, a session and I did not realize that she was like the creme de la creme <laughs> of relationship coaches and like experts. Like we went and saw a therapist afterwards that was different and I was sitting there just like, oh my God, I, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same because she was so phenomenal. Wow. So yeah, highly recommend. Can I ask what led you guys to go see her or to see other relationship yeah. therapists? Yeah. So we got married in April of this past year. And, um, you know, when you get married, you don't really go into the relationship with a lot of convert or usually with your first marriage. Most of us don't go into the relationship having conversations about what it means to be married. Um, a lot of like different values, I think deeper down of like just agreements that we have as far as what makes a good wife and what makes a good husband. And so we, started exploring those questions together and realized that we really wanted support from someone in getting clear on being on the same page and making sure that we were right for each other. And this is like the first time that I'm actually sharing anything about this. Um, we just dove right in. Yeah, dove, dive right in. Um, and I think that for us, it was just recognizing that there was so much love in our relationship, but wanting to make sure that both of us were able to really thrive as individuals too and not compromise or you know mold ourselves into what the other person wants like mm -hmm. all I want is for him to be the most fully expressed version of himself and vice versa and not also lose a part of me in him doing so mm -hmm. so yeah therapy and talking to someone else and holding space for us to have those communication that, that communication was really essential and just supporting us not like ha being in this echo chamber of right. our own issues that's so healthy yeah. like so healthy. <laughs> I'm very impressed I mean I feel like therapy and especially like any kind of therapy around like couples there's a stigma right and you think like oh shit mm -hmm. like how did it go so wrong yeah <laughs> you know yeah. but I think it really is healthy I love what you said about like an echo chamber because when it's just the two of you you just go in circles you're going in circles yeah. and you're reinforcing the same stuff right mm -hmm. and and like it's very hard to have perspective yeah very yeah hard for sure and I think to also like take your ego out of it too and yeah. so to have someone there to just like kind of also like pause and like call you out on your bullshit too and be like do you understand Ava that you are like asking to be supported <laughs> but also like saying that you have to be in control right. um so it was definitely eye-opening and helped us a lot and you know Corey initially when we went into it I was like I want to go see a, ther a therapist with you and he had a lot of that resistance come up of mm -hmm. I didn't realize that we were so bad and um there was a little bit of like unraveling this story mm -hmm. that we're all told that like therapy equals unhappy life or right. unhappy marriage and instead look at it as this opportunity for us to grow together and like as Marla says like if your relationship needs to be built on growth not just on it being a marriage right. and that's it you yeah. know or else it's dying yeah I think Dax Shepard, I listen to his podcast religiously. <laughs> oh, you have a podcast? To, oh my God. It is so good. Armchair Expert. Okay. It's, you're going to like- oh, I think I've binge. heard of it before. Yeah, it's really, really good. Really interesting conversations. But he and Kristen have been going to therapy their whole marriage. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's why we're still married. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. And so he's kind of like- I don't know. He's a proponent of that. It's funny though, like having somebody call you on your shit. I was in therapy this morning and we were talking about my marriage. I said, we're, we see things differently. For example, um, like he, he sees that every time we sit down to watch a show, we can't find something that we agree on. So I go upstairs and read. 
Whereas from my perspective, I see it as we find things that we like to watch often, but sometimes we don't, in which case I go up to read. And she Mm -hmm. said, well, why don't you just stay all the time? Because obviously it's important to him. Mm -hmm. You guys don't get a lot of time together. And if he just wants to relax and watch something with you, like, even if you don't like it, maybe you should stay. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it had never crossed my mind before. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's like the compromise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, even if it's just like staying while he watches some show and right. reading at the same time, just yeah. like being in each other's presence. Cause I'm kind of, of like the same mentality too. I'm like, I don't want to just like watch TV to watch TV. Right. Like I want it to be something. Yeah. Um, or else I'm just going to do something else. And, um, I think, more than anything it's just like being in the energy and that kind of like reminds me of the love languages it's just getting really mm-hmm. clear on like whatever your partner's right. love languages are and being really aware netflix. of ways yeah netflix <laughs> netflix is my love language um but being really aware of the way that they express and receive love and mm-hmm. just making it a priority to make sure that you're hitting that for me like yeah. my love language is gift giving like my that's the way that i show love and that's the yeah. way that i would love to receive love um <laughs> and so it's hard for me to like take a step back and be like, wait, this isn't Corey's love language. So even he knows that like when I'm giving him a gift that it's me expressing love, but Mm -hmm. to take it a step further and show him love, I should really be touching him or giving him words of affirmation. So, you know, it's all about awareness though. And like really getting out of your own way and asking yourself like, what's important? What's my priority here? Is my priority to like show my partner love and make sure that they know that like I'm here for them or am I going to get stuck in like me, me, me type of Mm -hmm. mentality of making sure that like only I'm covered. And I think that's where I was coming from a lot is like making sure that I'm okay because my entire life has been me against the world or carrying the whole weight of the world on my shoulders. So being in a relationship and being in a marriage is a totally different dynamic. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not used to like having someone there to fall back on. So it's new. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. How let's let's rewind and talk about like your younger life and kind of how you got to where you are today. You were homeless at 16, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in, like I said, Calabasas, Agora area. As mm-hmm. you know, it's very affluent and um, had a great life. And um, around 16 years old, my mom and my stepdad decided to separate. And before that, things weren't great between them. So I was waiting for that moment to happen and really excited and celebrated my mom for finally gaining enough strength to make that decision. However, the systems weren't in place to really support us as a unit after she made that decision. And so very shortly after they separated, we were evicted from the apartment we moved into. The car was repossessed. We found ourselves living um living with different family members, neighbors, um, friends of my mom's, and um, eventually like going to the food bank every other Saturday to get food and groceries. And so it was really hard to be in such an affluent area and feel like I had nothing. Even though I know that I didn't have like absolutely nothing, I was just shown so much wealth around me that I really crumbled. And I turned to different drugs and vices to get me outside of this nothingness and it was like really like something that made me feel full Mm -hmm. full of life full of energy away from all of the like reality of my situation and um it was really hard because it impacted how I showed up as an individual I stopped caring about school I stopped caring about what my career was going to be I 
really just like went into this full on survival mode. And I dropped out of school and went into independent study and started working full time. And I worked at a restaurant and um, eventually was able to graduate high school. Luckily, like, don't know how that happened, but I did it. And um, I didn't apply for any colleges or anything because I didn't think that I would be good enough to get in. And I wanted to spare myself of any disappointment. I had experienced enough of it and um, eventually just decided to move out of the area altogether and start fresh in San Diego. So I moved down to San Diego about 10 years ago and um, just went to community college. I worked at different restaurants and continued the partying and the really like bad spiral of drugs and alcohol and um, abusive relationships and um, eventually ended up moving back up to LA because I couldn't live with my roommates anymore. I had a really negative relationship with both of my roommates that I moved in with and um, while I was up in LA I got a DUI and that was kind of like the first instance of me being like I need to get my shit together. Did I never drink again? No. Did I never drink and drive again? No. But it was the first instance that I knew that what I was doing wasn't working and the way that I was operating my life was either going to hurt me or hurt somebody else. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of that first step of, okay, maybe there's a better way. And I um, moved back down to San Diego after that. I got in with a little bit of a better group of friends that were more supportive and cared about me more. And, um, started working in digital marketing and social media. And um, I continued partying, continued drinking, but was starting to kind of like figure out what I was meant to be doing in my life and got really excited about work finally and felt like I had a little bit of a purpose. And that purpose turned into, okay, like I could be a CEO one day. I could like really do this. I could be like that boss babe that like no one thought I could be. Like I'd I'll show them at my 10 year reunion. And, um, and so I kind of like took that fire that I had for like partying and that fire that I had for like not being ever in that position of being homeless again and applied it towards work and just turned into this like crazy work monster basically where I was working 10 to 12 hour days. Um, what my, were you doing? I was a account strategist project manager Okay. at a digital marketing company. We did marketing for multi the fam- multifamily industry. So it was like not fun at all. Um, but it was interesting to be able to do branding campaigns and creative design and work on websites and social media. So I got to learn a lot about the digital space throughout all of it. So I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. But the culture at the company that I was working at was so awful. It was so awful. It was like the structure where they like take you to cool dinners and fun events. Like our Christmas party had a, we bought out this nightclub and little John performed. Um, so it had all this like cool stuff on like the weekends that was like team building and fun to make you think that like it was a fun, cool environment. But then like Monday through Friday, if not Saturday and Sunday, you were working like 12 hour days and almost like shamed if you didn't get all of your work done Mm -hmm. and like just really, really abusive types of situations that, um, I knew were not, going to be supportive of like my long-term mental health or my physical health and I at the same time I was still partying just as hard so I remember like I would work 
up until lunch, go sit out my car and like either nap or like be throwing up off the side at the side of my car because I was so hungover and so sick from the day before. Like it was just such a like vicious cycle Mm -hmm. that I found myself in. And even though I was like making all of the money, had like the cool house, the cool clothes was like in a okay relationship oh no 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 I was with my husband so I was in a great relationship (laughs) um good catch yeah good catch um um and even though I was in a great relationship I was still miserable I was so miserable and so I think that at that point that was when my intuition started saying like Ava this is like you're not in the right direction just because you think that money is gonna like make you happy just because you think that status is gonna make you happy or having x y and z is gonna make you happy doesn't mean that it's actually gonna make you happy and um at that point I got a promotion and when I got that promotion my intuition was like nope there's no amount of money on a paycheck that is ever going to make you happy and so I ended up putting in my notice at my job my now husband and I decided that we were going to move to South America and I decided that when I moved to South America that would be the last time that I would ever work for anybody again and when we got back I jumped straight into the wellness world and started teaching yoga doing my coaching and my mentorship eventually launching the podcast and um yeah just like really really starting to fine-tune what it meant to be living in alignment Mm -hmm. and letting go of all of the you know external influences that played such a big role on my life in the first place and stepping into a place where I was living and acting in integrity with what I knew to be true in my heart and what I knew to be authentic and just feel so real and Mm -hmm. good and like just living from a place of love. Okay. I have so many questions. I know. I shared a lot. No, I love it. Okay. So first I want to ask what you think the drugs and alcohol were doing for you that whole time. Mm -hmm. Like I know for me and something that you said about like when you were younger was that you were using things to like fill something. Mm -hmm. Right. And I get so many messages from people on Instagram who aren't necessarily like quote-unquote alcoholics like I believe I'm truly an alcoholic there was nothing you know that would make me stop not ending up in hospitals not being no DUI I mean something that you said about like a DUI making you like think oh maybe it's a problem I feel like that differentiates like hardcore alcoholics Mm -hmm. between people who like Mm -hmm. abuse it yeah um because there's just nothing that would come between me and my drugs or alcohol that said it was definitely doing something for me it was spilling what I think now was a spiritual void Mm -hmm. but anyway so people messaged me being like you know I I don't think I'm an alcoholic but I think I'm like I need to examine my relationship here and I always think and I always suggest to like examine what it's doing for you so I'm curious like that whole time because you had a relationship and you had a job and you had the the things and obviously you were unhappy so what do you think the substances were doing for you Mm, I think that it lubricated my life in a way Mm. to make it feel acceptable you know we look at I mean so many of us say it's like a social lubricant it makes you feel Mm. like more comfortable to like be this like big bubbly version of yourself but I think for me yes it was that but it also made the awful job okay because I knew at the end of the day I could just go home and drink or like do blow or whatever it was Mm -hmm. that I was doing and I'm also like pretty open about like what drugs that I was doing sometimes I listen to podcasts and I'm like what drugs were they doing (laughs) okay so what were you doing (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like I would go home and be really excited because me and my like roommate would egg each other on and be like, yeah, let's snort a line of Adderall, which is so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like not good at all. I can still taste it when you say that. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it does not taste good. <laughs> um, but we would just like egg each other on. And I mean, that's kind of a whole different story, but it was this like lubricant to life that I knew that regardless of how bad my day at work was or how bad a fight was that I got in with a friend or in my previous relationship before Corey, regardless of how bad he treated me, I knew that I would feel better once I had a couple drinks mm-hmm. or once I smoked some pot or yeah. once I took some Molly. Like it, I knew that I'd feel better because I had that first yeah high or that first buzz and mm-hmm. that was everything, you know? So it just allowed life to be it allowed all of the shitty things in life to be easier rather than actually looking at those things and asking myself, well, why can't I just fine tune all of this and shift it? So it actually is good. And Mm -hmm. I don't have to just accept and settle for a job that I don't like. You know, I was in that mentality that so many of us have is like, you don't actually have to like your work. Like work's not for liking, you know, I think so many of us have that mentality and I got to a point where I was like wait a second like maybe that's not true maybe I can actually do something that I enjoy and not have to like numb myself for every other hour that I'm not working Mm -hmm. yeah it like makes the intolerable tolerable yeah exactly so that's kind of like instead of maybe examining the relationship I mean you can look at the behavior the substance use or the drinking or whatever and ask like what is it doing for me but you could also look at like examine everything else in your life and mm-hmm. be like what isn't working yeah for me? why am I what am I avoiding yeah. what am I avoiding feeling so how did you shift out of that curiosity curiosity and spirituality I think you know my girlfriend invited me to a yoga class and I had taken yoga before I actually took yoga as an elective in college and literally was like who are these crazy people (laughs) like I was like sitting in a straddle at the back of the class just texting I'm like fuck this like no I'm not (laughs) doing this um and then you know a girlfriend invited me to a yoga class while I was in the midst of all of this mess and it was this coming home I had never felt that connected to my body before and I had never felt a sense of peace and relief that that being sober had like ever given me mm-hmm. it was always like I had kind of almost felt something similar to that that like high from actually being high mm-hmm. but I had never felt a like spiritual high before yeah and so it was just getting curious and once I had that like first taste of a yoga class I started questioning how else can I get this so I started reading books and personal development I started um journaling and creating vision boards and having deeper conversations and stepping away from spending my Friday and my Saturday at the same nightclub in San Diego and then waking up and having like Trader Joe's appetizers that are the frozen appetizers (laughs) and mimosas with my friends. So wait, that was like my life to a T. Oh my God. Trader Joe's. Oh my God. The little, yeah like the gyoza yeah (laughs) yeah we used to we literally would go to the nightclub on friday and it was it smelled like it smelled like shit it was called basement it's it's still around actually um and it literally smells like a basement and we'd go there get so blacked out drunk go home wake up the next morning and our hangover would be fed with trader joe's frozen foods 
champagne like cook's champagne not good oh, champagne yeah. Yeah. um and what like was the other one like arbel or something oh, corbel corbel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah either of those um and and like a little bit of coke yeah. and then we would yeah. go to that same exact nightclub yeah <laughs> that smelled like shit and do it again that same night like it was wild oh, yeah. that that was my life for so long and that was before I met Corey that was when I was in a really really abusive relationship so I just send that love that that girl that past version of me so much love because mm-hmm. she was just so lost yeah so lost but yeah it was stepping away from all of those and, and opting instead for like yoga on a Saturday morning instead and spending my Friday night with my girlfriends watching Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. or like creating art at the house um I was still smoking pot though so I was smoking pot and like having like fun creative girls nights and arts and crafts and stuff and like would wake it's up on Saturday evil. <laughs> yeah it's definitely a lesser evil and I would wake up on Saturday and feel good and we'd cook brunch and go to yoga and then go down to the beach and I was like wow this feels amazing. This is so cool. It was unlike anything I'd experienced from like 16 years old to 20 years old. Um, And I just kept like chipping away at that curiosity and continuing to get interested in breath work and meditation, eventually hiring a mentor and really just like diving into the spiritual lifestyle. And I'm just so grateful for that first yoga class I'm so grateful for all of the mess too because had I not hit rock bottom I wouldn't have been searching for these tools Mm -hmm. yeah it takes what it takes and everybody's bottom is different but I can totally well I can relate to every single thing that you just said it's so crazy like I hear my story over and over again Mm -hmm. in recovery yeah but like not that specific like that was (laughs) (laughs) like we would have been friends yeah Um, 100% (laughs) I'm always I'm just I'm impressed when I hear other people's stories of like what it took them and then how they turned it around impressed that like a yoga class was kind of what changed the trajectory like for me it was dying in a hospital yeah (laughs) yeah for other people I know so many people whose rock bottom was just emotional Mm -hmm. I really like hearing other people's stories but at the same time I think people kind of instead of looking for ways to identify they look for ways to like separate themselves Mm -hmm. and especially people who have substance use problems you know they can be like well my bad my bottom wasn't that bad so I don't need to change anything but Mm -hmm. I think it's just you know when you've reached it right yeah and you also know when you're like you're bullshitting yourself you know you I think we can become our own greatest bullshitters Mm -hmm. and if you have that feeling whatsoever of like maybe I should like reel it back a little bit that feeling and that voice inside is only going to grow louder and only going to grow louder and you can either be in service of answering that call and searching for a better way or you can continue to be in service of the voice of I, I mean what I think is resistance and fear and ego because that's where we play small. That's where we keep ourselves in the pain of whatever our existence is and whatever it means to settle or to just accept or avoid. So we can choose the path of, you know, stepping into our fullest expression, our greatest expression of ourselves, or we can choose to continue being in pain. Mm-hmm. But we have the option and we're the only one that's going to make the decision for ourselves. No yeah. one else is going to make it for you, you know? Yeah. Okay. I kind of... I want to ask you like how you would define spirituality mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people confuse spirituality with 
like religion or like even for me, I would say I'm spiritual, but not religious, but I believe mm-hmm. in God. Yeah. <laughs> so people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what? Yeah, like yeah. that Their doesn't make start sense. crossing. Yeah. And when I told people on Instagram that you were coming on, I had some people sending questions like how, how do I become spiritual if I don't believe in God or like if I'm an atheist or if I don't understand religion yeah like how did you get in touch with spirituality and how would you define that yeah I mean I think that that's such a good question and I think it's a moving target for every single person Mm -hmm. um just like you know hitting your bottom is different too um I for so long I don't I find myself exactly in this like I think we're the same person I think we're holding up a mirror to each other right now um but I find myself in the same boat where I don't find I don't think I'm religious but I do believe in God and I definitely think that I'm spiritual um and initially going into all of this there was this resistance that I had that was like wait but I'm not religious I don't believe in God like God would never have done all of the things that happened to me when I was a kid had I like if, 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 if a God existed and I remember like so often I would be like crying in the shower, just like asking like, why God, like if you're there, why, why? And, um, I mean, now I realize that everything happens for a reason and Mm -hmm. that's why I'm here today. But, um, (laughs) I think for someone that's starting their, their spiritual journey, it's asking like, how do I feel connected? How do I feel connected to, to myself and to this place where it's almost hard there there aren't words to describe it I would mm-hmm. say but this kind of like I said and when I experienced that yoga class this coming home feeling that feels so natural and so authentic and just feels so true and I think we can find it in so many different ways whether it's our meditation practice or journaling or walking on the beach and being in nature staring into somebody's eyes mm-hmm. and just having a conversation with them we can find that connection. And for me, my spiritual practice is a daily consistent practice of simply coming back to that space of knowing that like I am connected to absolutely everything. And so whether that means I'm connected to the chair that I'm sitting on or I'm connected to my breath or I'm connected to my heartbeat or I'm connected to my angels and my guides and all of my past loved ones, whatever it might be, just coming back to that space of knowing that I'm connected, knowing that I'm supported and knowing that I'm guided because we can look at it from the perspective of that I'm guided and I'm Mm -hmm. supported. And, you know, I don't know why this is happening, but everything happens for a reason. And I'm sure one day I'll know why, or maybe I won't and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Or we can look at it as I'm alone and no one's looking out for me and the weight of the world is on my shoulders and I'm responsible for everything coming to place in my life. And I've been in that position before and it's fucking lonely. Mm-hmm. It's so lonely. And it feels so much better to know that whether it's God or my highest self or whoever, mm-hmm. that I am supported and that I'm not alone and that there is purpose for any of my pain. There is purpose for any of my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so important. I think the greatest gift of all of this, and I don't know if you agree, but it's being able to use the hard things that we've gone through and and the struggles and all of that and turning it into purpose Mm -hmm. and everybody has that opportunity somehow like we're not unique just because we have a platform or whatever um there are so many ways to to use whatever you've been through yeah to help other people yeah I mean and I think I really am hoping that over this next year like 
a lot of us are going to start to wake up and realize that having a following or having a platform does not mean that you have like any more validation over what you're sharing and your life and what you're here to offer. In fact, I remember the first time that I like recognized this. I was at Mind Body Green Revitalized two years ago and there were phenomenal speakers talking about all these different topics and some of them had little to no social media presence Mm -hmm. at all and they were making such a big impact on me and I realized at that point I'm like your following does not matter at all it does not matter at all you can still have such a powerful message and a powerful purpose and an impact on so many different people you just do it in a different way and I mean I think that a lot of us still do think that the only way to be successful or the only way to have an impact is to have some massive following and Mm -hmm. I just I really hope that over these next few months in this year of 2020 we like get out of that mentality because I think it's preventing so many people from like really stepping up and shining their light that the world like desperately needs like for you to hold back and not share your message or not share your story or not share your gifts means that you are like literally not answering people's prayers like Mm -hmm. people are praying for the support and the guidance that you can give and by holding back just because you don't have the ability to swipe up or whatever it might be is really just doing a disservice yeah and I I have that same hope and I think maybe it's just my perspective but I feel like people are being more cognizant about where where they're putting their energy who they're allowing in right? Like who they're following. Like we have control Mm -hmm. over that and over what we see unless we like go on the explore page. Yeah. (laughs) Which just don't do that. Um, (laughs) But, and I think people are like, people are craving. How do I put this? I I don't, I think people are like craving this feeling of relating to other people. Mm -hmm. I think like, even though we're more connected than ever, we're more alone and like isolated than ever also. And when people are following like just like Kylie Jenner and like all these people not to call her out and you know that's that's what you're feeding yourself Mm -hmm. and I think people are getting more conscious of that hopefully and following someone who they can relate to even if they have 500 followers or 50 followers or whatever like if someone's posting recipes that you like and they have 100 followers like keep you know like follow them you don't have to yeah you know one of the things that I've been really diving into is like the energy of what like the energy that we are creating in. Mm-hmm. And so when you were saying that about like Kylie Jenner, like the explore page and stuff, there are so many people that are online just like creating from an energy of comparison and right. lack and yeah. just a not enoughness. And whether we like it or not, when we're looking at their photos, when we're watching their stories and they are sharing from that place, that's what we're absorbing totally. too, you know? And so yeah. that's why I think you like, when you are watching someone's stories, that's like really living in alignment and just like excited about what they're bringing mm-hmm. to the world. Um, or just not like creating and sharing from a place of lack or doubt. Like right. you feel that you're like, I want some of what she's having. Like, give yeah. me some of that, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that it's, it's important that all of us recognize that when we are on social media, like, are we, are we consuming content that not only is making us feel comparison, but is likely created from this element of comparison. And I don't like calling out too much stuff, but like, you know, the, the pages that are just like tagging 
Fashion Nova or whatever right. those brands are, like, are those yeah. really supporting you and feeling good? Or are you just thinking, oh, gosh, I wish I had that outfit or I wish I had her hair? Right. Or, you know, if, if that's the, if those are the thoughts that are going through your head when yeah. you're on social media, you're walking away in a like fragmented state where you're feeling less than. Right. And it can happen so quickly. Like I know for me, I'm very choosy, I guess, about who I follow. There are people who I've followed since four years ago. And then, but like I've, I don't follow anybody who makes me feel Mm -hmm. worse about myself. Yeah. And, um, but all it takes is like seeing one thing. Like it's so crazy how it can completely just change your mood in like a fraction of a second. Yeah. Um, if you see like just anything that yeah. triggers whatever it is in you. And so like the fact not to like go on go off on a tangent, but that like there are young girls and women like who are following not to call out accounts, but like the ones that are just posting like gratuitous mm-hmm. selfies and money and like, you know, obviously not coming from like the greatest place. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. I yeah. can't imagine like seeing that as a younger person and being like, well, why don't I look like that? Totally. Why don't I have that? Yeah. I mean, my little sister is 17 years old. She's autistic and is so connected to her phone Mm. because she doesn't know how to like have a conversation like this she doesn't have the verbal capacity to have this type of conversation and so Mm. she feels most connected through her phone Mm. but at the same time all that she's seeing is all of these different accounts of women that don't look like her right or people that are you know not showing up online as like role models you know there's just because we all have the ability to like be a celebrity on social media Mm -hmm. that it's just different like I think about when we were younger like we had actual role models you know like we looked at (laughs) I'm trying to think of like some actual role models that I had besides like Britney Spears I know (laughs) um but you know like everyone you have access to everyone's life and so you can easily like romanticize these other people that are your age or maybe a little bit older and um think that the way that they live and how how they've presented themselves is like the end all be all. And if you're not living like that, you get yourself into this space of comparison or doubt or influence. And it was like we were saying before we hit record, you know, it can be so nuanced too, where we don't even know that we're walking away with this, com- this right. comparison or this lack or this doubt. But then, you know, an hour later we start having all of this negative thoughts in our head and we're like, how did I get into the space? Like, yeah. where did this come from? Yeah. And I think especially if you're kind of being fed that all the time mm-hmm. and that's kind of your baseline, like you might not even realize that yeah. it's impacting you because it's just constant. Yeah, exactly. So, ugh, okay. <laughs> okay. So can you just talk about like the most impactful things that you did to like tap into your spiritual life? Yeah. Yeah. So meditation has been the biggest. And mm-hmm. I know you and I like totally nerded yes. out in our conversation <laughs> about meditation. Um, and that was something that I had so much resistance to. I literally was like, maybe I'm just not the type of person that needs meditation. <laughs> now, like I look back at that version of myself and I'm like, how sweet, yeah. <laughs> how cute. Um, meditation and breath work have been the biggest for me. Those are the mm-hmm. two practices that I come back to every single morning and make sure that I do before I do anything else with my day. And it just helps again, support me in like connecting to that power within me. Um, and also just taking a moment to ask like, how can I be of service today? How can I live intentionally today and from my heart space today? And rather than take 5 million actions that I don't know 
which one's working and which one's not. Maybe mm-hmm. take a couple aligned actions, work a little bit less, work smarter, and um, be more in tune with like what is actually fulfilling me in my personal life and in my career. So mm-hmm. my meditation practice is um, to sit down and to just visualize a like gold spotlight coming down over me. And I almost as if like you can feel like yourself bathing in the sun, like that feeling of like warm sun Mm -hmm. on your body. I just like visualize that shining down on me, absorbing it. And I kind of just like make this visualization like that is me receiving the support of my guides and of my highest self and my intuition and the universe and God, like that is me receiving. And I just take a moment to receive. And in that space, I will silently say to myself, thank you for showing me how I can be of service today. And after that, I give myself anywhere from like 10 minutes to 20 minutes of meditation and whatever comes up throughout my meditation of different ideas and things that I can talk about on my Instagram stories or ways that I can support my private clients or podcast themes that I can move forward with. I'll get out of my meditation and write them down and start to journal for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I move into my meditation, I'll do some type of breath work. I um, am trained in pranayama, which is an Eastern um, breathwork practice, breathwork practices and are really powerful ways for just moving out energy from the body. And so I need to do that. Yeah. it's. It, I mean, that's definitely where the most resistance comes in. For me, meditating is so easy. The breathing, because it's a little bit more action, I'm not just like sitting there receiving. Mm-hmm. That's when my ego will be like, you don't really have to do it today. Right. But I know that when I'm not doing it, I'm just like basically like stepping on the hose of like mm-hmm. releasing energy mm-hmm. of like whatever I've like pull, picked up from other people throughout the day, especially right. like we were saying, like living in LA, you yeah. know, I just absorb energy left and right. And so the breathwork practice for me is really a way for me to release that energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm moving forward throughout my day with a clean slate versus taking in whatever anyone else had like projected onto me beforehand. I need that so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's powerful. I have some oh. videos on my Instagram, okay. um, but those are the two practices that have like made me feel the most connected that I default back to Mm -hmm. every single day. And that has really allowed me to like step into that next level version of myself, you know, not the woman that plays small, not the woman that lets fear or resistance or her ego guide the way, but instead the leader, the healer and the guide and the woman that already has it all, the woman that feels really confident, that's able to hold space for herself and for other people and really embodies the light and that abundance that we're all kind of searching for. Mm, Love that. Yeah. Meditation is powerful. And I don't know if you feel this way, but like I, so I've only been doing it like a year and a half, Okay, but I've been doing TM, which I talk about all the time, which is 20 minutes in silence twice a day. And if I don't do it, I feel like off my rocker. Yeah. It's crazy. And I didn't do it today. (laughs) Um, But like, it's just, it's such a powerful way to start the day. The question that I get all the time is, well, kind of like what you said, like, I think people feel like, well, maybe it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. I think people have a misconception, right, of like what meditation actually is too. Like Mm -hmm. you have to turn off your brain and turn off your thoughts and not think of anything and like, of course, nobody is going to feel capable of that yeah. because that's like the function of your brain <laughs> yeah. to think. And yeah. like you said, like for me, that's when so many of my creative ideas come. Mm-hmm. And when I think like, like I'm, I'm given the answers to things that I 
can't come up with on my own mm-hmm. and all of that. It's like such a time of receiving, yeah. like you said. So how should somebody try to start if they are one of those people that feels like I can't do it or maybe I don't need to Yeah, and they're just yeah. lost? So my biggest thing I think is that like one for hundreds of years ago, maybe not even hundreds of years ago, but a while ago, people didn't think that they needed to brush their teeth every day. (laughs) And now if you don't brush your teeth every day, people think of you as a crazy person and you likely don't have teeth. (laughs) And um, I think that a hundred years from now, people are going to look at you as crazy if you don't meditate and if you Mm. don't take time for stillness for yourself, because it is such a essential practice of like cleaning your brain and cleaning your mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's a time when you're able to receive support and answers to things that you're not able to figure out on your own when you're just moving through your day, like so caught up in noise. And so I think the most important part for people to know is that this practice is not just for the eyes closed experience. It's really for your eyes open experience. You Mm -hmm. are enhancing your life outside of your meditation cushion or your bed or wherever you choose to meditate. It's not about the 20 minutes or the 10 minutes or the five minutes. It's about the other 98% of your day. I Mm -hmm. mean, meditation itself, if you're doing a 20 minute practice once a day or twice a day, that's three to 5% of your day impacting your brain which is responsible for a hundred percent of everything that you're doing in your day and so why would you not take that three percent of your day Mm -hmm. to help support the 97 percent of your day and if you really struggle with the i can't sit still or i can't get my mind to turn off just allow yourself to be compassionate about that because it gets easier. It does yeah. get easier. And then some days it's hard, you know, that's what it means to be human. We don't just have this like linear trajectory of like, once we start on a path, everything is easy from that point forward. I mean, what part of your life have you actually experienced that to be true? Mm-hmm. So I think just understanding that you're human and that some days you're not going to want to sit still. And some days your mind is going to be moving a million miles a second, but that's not the point. The point is that you're carving out time to sit with yourself. And if you can sit with yourself, you can create space for anything in your life. You Mm -hmm. can create space to process hard emotions. You can create space to be creative and connect to your intuition. You can create space to feel things in a way that you may not have been able to feel before. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's uncomfortable and sometimes it feels really beautiful but we all need to do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. like at a certain point I was, I remember I was like, I'm not going to like really push people to meditate if they don't want to. And now I'm like, you need to meditate. (laughs) You need to, because there's so many things, there's so many benefits to it. I mean, we are in a constant state of fight or flight and within the first 30 to 45 seconds of meditation, our bodies, our brains start to release all the feel good chemicals of serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin. And, um, what we're doing is sending alkaline um, receptors throughout the body. And so all of the um, chemicals of like the stress hormones and like cortisol are are getting sent throughout our body when we're in a state of fight or flight. And so when we take that time to meditate, we're sending the alkaline chemicals through the body. And so that prevents aging. It prevents um, inflammation in the body, which then prevents diseases and cancers. And so it's just, for me, it's such a no brainer Mm -hmm. that anyone would want to do do this healthy habit for themselves. Right. It's like if you could take a pill that would do all of that 
You would do it in a, you would yeah. take it in a second. Yeah. No questions. Yeah. Asked. It's just like taking a pill for 10 minutes, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you come to crave it. I know I do. Like, yeah. I, Cause mm-hmm. once you, once you experience that feeling, like it's better than a nap, it's better than a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. It's better than like anything yeah. that I can think of. And like literally better than a nap yeah. and literally yeah. better than a cup of coffee. Yeah. And more energizing. <laughs> yeah. More. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And like something that they say in TM, but I'm sure this applies to all kinds of meditation is that like, even if you do struggle because any, everybody is going to mm-hmm. like, I have times where I'm like totally in the zone and times where my brain is just monkey brain and it's like, and like will not stop. But they say, you know, you don't judge the meditation. You judge how you are. They don't use the word judge, but like how you feel after. Yeah. And like it has tentacles, right? So like, even if you feel like you weren't able to get into it and whatever, like maybe later on in the day, something happens and you're not like reactive, yeah. like knee jerk, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it's affects reach everything. Yeah, absolutely. And my meditation teacher and the program that I went through, um, it's called one giant mind. He shares that, you know, when, anything comes up in your meditation, whether it's a thought or wanting to move around, it's actually just your body releasing any of the stress associated with it. And so good. That's a good thing. We want that to happen. Yeah. It's like the inward strokes and the outer strokes or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I think of that every time because it's crazy. Like your brain, I feel like, especially in the beginning, isn't used to slowing down like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I would notice like I would have the urge to like do something with my hands and like reach for my play with my hair or like shift and like it was just and I would think like oh this is just stress being released Mm -hmm. and sure enough like it passes and then you're like deeper yeah it's so good yeah now I want to go meditate I know right (laughs) I'm going to this afternoon I've been like all right I can do like three o'clock if I do after four it just keeps me up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. You're not really supposed to meditate like after like five or six, yeah. I think, because then you're just going to be wired the rest yeah. of the night. It's crazy. Nobody believes it until yeah. they do it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about spirituality and business. Mm, so yes. how did you get there? So um, by getting sick of my own shit, <laughs> to be honest, I, I mean, like I said, I had this like hustle mentality. Once I entered the corporate space, that was what I was shown. It's like if you work hard enough, if you work a lot enough hours, you will be successful you will get the promotion if you are the best that's how you will be successful and I didn't really realize until this past year that I had adapted that in my wellness business and as my in my career as a yoga teacher and with my podcast and my mentorship that I was running in 2019 and I realized that I had taken all of the energy and the hustle and the muscling through that I did in my corporate job and simply just applied it to my own business and building my own business, which was great. You know, I was able to be successful. I was able to work with top brands. I launched my podcast. My podcast does great. I filled out my coaching program. Perfect. But it was still operating under that same way. And part of the reason why I didn't want to work for anybody else was because I didn't want to continue working in that same way. Mm-hmm. And so I, again, came back to that knowing there has to be a better way. And I think that that's kind of like the theme of my whole journey is that I'm constantly like in this state of there's got to be a better way for me to do this. And spirituality was really that answer to it. I realized that buying the webinar, buying the program, enrolling in the course wasn't actually going to 
bring me success. But the Mm -hmm. common denominator of all of those successful launches and all of those successful entrepreneurs was the energy that they had behind what they were bringing into the world. Same exact thing as we were saying with like how people show up on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Are you actually excited about what you're bringing or are you bringing it into the world from the space of I should be doing this because I saw someone else doing this or Mm -hmm. I should start a podcast because everyone else is starting a podcast. We can get out of that mindset and instead come back to our meditation practice or breathwork practice or journaling or walking on the beach, whatever it might be, and ask ourselves what feels really authentically true and in alignment for me like what do I get so jazzed up about and so excited about that I would like in a moment as a consumer would buy this and as a creator I'm going to be so lit up about sharing Mm -hmm. this with my audience and so I stopped focusing so much on the strategy of the business and building it and instead started focusing on the soul of the business I hired a business coach that I knew was rooted in spiritual practices and energetic practices and decided to just like fully immerse myself in how she built her business and be supported by her in that way. Mm. And um, it has been honestly like life-changing for me because I'm not operating from this masculine like do, do, do role anymore instead I'm allowing myself to like sit back and receive which was what I wanted all along and just like taking that first yoga class that coming home feeling I experienced it again in my business and so I knew that because I had experienced it in my own business that there was an opportunity for me to share those same practices those same strategies so to speak I'm doing air quotes for everyone um, of tuning into your soul tuning into your heart versus trying to just build a business out of like full-on marketing strategy and Mm -hmm. because someone else created this roadmap of A to Z of how to get it done right you know yeah yeah and I feel like that's such a hard thing to to do now because we are able to see what everybody else is doing and how, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's going back to the comparison thing. Like, how do I not compare myself to the next person who's doing something similar in the same realm? And, but they did this and why is my, why am I not doing that? And why do they have this and that? And it's really hard to kind of detach from that. I think like I, I'm curious to hear without you giving away, you know, all of your strategies, like what the most transformative things were like the shifts mm-hmm. um I know for me like I got to a breaking point again like that's how I operate I have to hit bottoms yeah. <laughs> with everything before I'm willing to make a change yeah and like I had a bottom which I talked about a few podcasts back where last spring I was like okay I have to like sign with a big agency and that's what's like going to be the next thing because mm-hmm. that's what all the other influencers mm-hmm. are doing and the ones that I want to do what they're doing and get the book deal and da, 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 and all of that and I had this like in my head and they reached out to me and like we were interviewing and it was this was going to be it and then they just ghosted me Mm -hmm. and I was like I I mean I I still think it's rude I'm like you can just tell me like it's not a good fit but I like spiraled out Mm -hmm. because everything was riding on that and and it it steered me though which is like the amazing thing Mm -hmm. right like I feel like um and I was talking about this with Shanae Alexander in another podcast mm-hmm. where we were like, the struggles in our life are like what guide us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that steered me into like a lot of meditation and a lot of reading and a lot of like conversations with other people in the industry and spiritual people and like my husband and realizing like, that's not what's 
true for me. Like yeah. that's not how I operate. That's not what my mission is. Like not, and it like brought me home mm-hmm. to the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, like what, how did you kind of shift how you were operating yeah. before to now? Yeah. I mean, one, I'm happy to share like anything because <laughs> I like to operate from a place of abundance yeah. and <laughs> I feel like holding back on anything is just like feeling like this, like me, me, me energy right. again. <laughs> um, so I'm happy to share anything and always love sharing different um, tools and practices on my Instagram and on my Instagram stories and through my podcast too. Um, but it was slowing down Mm -hmm. a lot, you know, just like you did coming back to meditation and having really deep, insightful conversations with people that I wasn't comparing myself to. Mm -hmm. Um, and starting to turn all of my attention inward and ask for guidance inside of me versus look at what other people were doing. Um, because I found that so many times that I would, and then try to like replicate what someone else was doing, and it wouldn't work out the same way that they did it, I'd be like, well, something must be wrong with me then. Right. And then I started to doubt myself. I started to find that I felt unworthy of success. And I think that when we get to that point, it's like, no, 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 no. We need to like take a step back. And I think that's why it's really important for us to instead focus on like the energy of our business and our excitement behind our business and the soul of our business versus trying to follow what someone else is doing because we don't want to get into that position of feeling like what is wrong with me because something didn't work out. Because that's not the case. It's just that we're not taking action from a place that's in alignment with our truth. Mm-hmm. We're taking action from a place that's in alignment with someone else's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it was getting really, really quiet and meditating a lot and journaling and getting to the bottom of one, why I was operating from that place for so long, recognizing that it was my intense need to control and my intense need to be in a state of action because that's how I felt safe mm-hmm. and just allowing myself to release those beliefs and those stories that I had stored up from my teenage life mm-hmm. and decide to choose a path that felt much more in alignment with who I wanted to become. And so I stopped reflecting on who I used to be and started asking myself, who do I want to become and what is required of me to become that woman? What is required of me to operate a business that makes over six figures? What is required of me to hold space for a higher caliber of a client that's ready to like really take massive action in our business and make five figures a month? Like what is required of me to be that woman? Mm. And I asked those questions in my meditation practice and I would journal afterwards and I would write down who that woman was, how people viewed her, how I felt about success, how I felt about love and money and career. And I realized that a lot of what I had been thinking wasn't, wasn't lined up with that those qualities and those characteristics of what I call Ava 2.0, my next level version of myself. <laughs> and then from that point forward, it was intentionally making, making sure that every single morning when I woke up, I put on that version of myself. I would mm-hmm. visualize myself putting on that woman. Like I literally have like a Pinterest board with the outfit that she's wearing at the end of 2020 and, um, and like really, really had fun with it and got into this energy of like playfulness and lightness and, um, allowed myself to lean into what it meant to build a business from a place of lightheartedness and not a place of muscling through, but instead a place of faith and trust that, 
I am being guided and I am being supported and the money is of course going to come and my work is of massive value and I just kept showing up every single day being in service of that message being in service of the women that I wanted to support and being in service of that next level version of myself and every single time that resistance would come up every single and still comes up let's be real Mm -hmm. every single time that it comes up I ask myself would Ava 2.0 be like how would she respond to this Mm -hmm. and checking in with myself and from that point forward it's the awareness and then taking action like like I said earlier you know you're the only person that's gonna like make the choice to change your life and so if you know with pretty like sure clarity whether something is in service of your past self or whether something is in service of your future self at that point it's it's on you to make the choice and it's okay if you you know misstep along the way again we're human but the goal is to over time focus more on being in service of our future self because that's how we become her Hmm. I love that I'm gonna visualize Ariel 2.0 I'm not even kidding I am like so into this yes Um, it's powerful it's so powerful because it's getting into a place of like feeling it in your body you know and do you uh, follow any of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work a little bit okay so um, when we talk about manifestation it's not only just like thinking positive thoughts or like Mm -hmm. visualizing yourself but it's actually also like feeling into what it would mean to manifest that thing Mm -hmm. and so when we can feel in what it means to have the, the cookbook deal and like to be you know on tour and sharing all of these recipes and getting all of these dms from people which i'm sure you already do um (laughs) that are like oh my god i love these cookies like my family's so healthy now whatever it might be (laughs) to like feel into that and get really excited Mm -hmm. by that we are literally breaking down electrons in the quantum field and in the quantum field all of these different realities exist as dr joe dispenza says i'm Mm -hmm. probably not quoting him in the best way but the book is breaking the habit of being yourself for anyone interested um and when we can really feel into it, we bring our manifestation closer to us because we mm. start to embody that reality. And the more that we embody that reality, the more that it becomes a reality. Right. And we don't have to worry so much about the how. Instead, we just have to worry about getting ourselves into that space every damn day. Like mm. that is my priority every damn day to be that version of myself that already has all of the things that I'm manifesting. Mm. Powerful. I love that. Um, okay, so I'm curious how in business, like you kind of touched on it when, when you were talking about that, but like how you can still pursue growth and because obviously like you have to have goals, right? Mm -hmm. Of some sort. So how do you have those without compromising Mm -hmm. the spiritual aspect of it? Yeah. I mean, I think that they don't have to be separate like I think right. they can coexist together we can still want to make 250,000 or 500,000 mm-hmm. or a million dollars and be spiritual you know yeah. there's nothing spiritual about being broke yeah <laughs> um and I think that it is having them both on the same page so we have our goals and we also have our spiritual practice because we know that the two influence each other you know, and knowing that like without our spiritual practice, without a practice of like connecting to ourselves on a daily basis, we likely will not be able to bring the goals to fruition or it's going to take longer or it's going to be a path of a lot of resistance. And Mm -hmm. so for me, my spiritual practice is my opportunity to take the path of least resistance towards all of my goals Mm -hmm. and to also trust that I might not know the entire journey of how I'm going to get to those goals but I have faith that if I stay committed to these practices and that I stay committed to being in service that those are going to come to fruition Mm -hmm. I have a question do you think that 
our paths are already formed for us or do you like do you think it's all all predestined Mm. or do you think that we can carve our own I think that we have soul lessons to learn in our lifetime and how those lessons are expressed are kind of up to the choices that we make Mm -hmm. but overall we come into this lifetime with karmic lessons Mm -hmm. to learn and to karma, karma to rid ourselves of and it's so funny because I've been asked that question on a podcast before and I don't, I think I gave a very similar answer. I think that, yeah, I think that their lessons are what we're meant to learn. How we can express that though is dependent upon our choices. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I kind of feel like you do. I mean, I feel like, um, you can either live in alignment with the universe or your higher power or your God or Mm -hmm. whatever, your spirit, you know, know, whatever you want to call them, you can live in alignment with that and you'll be guided or you can live willfully and not in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, I guess I'm not really answering it. It's something that I'm curious about, which is why I asked. I mean, I think, I think to a certain extent, like it's mapped out. Yeah. But then at the same time, like obviously there are different twists and turns and you can look back on your life that's the best thing I think is like looking back and seeing how like little things that happened have guided you to where you are totally yeah I mean I work with my clients and have them build out synchronicity lists and I'm like write everything down like even the shitty stuff that's happened write it all down that you can recognize have guided you to this point and I think it just really highlights that like even in the times when we are asking ourselves like what is going on why is this happening you know what does this all mean you know as your example of like the management company last Mm -hmm. year um we can look at it as oh my god things aren't going as i plan or Mm -hmm. okay i don't understand why this is happening and it sucks but i know deep down like in the depths of my heart that there is a reason for this and you know like I said earlier, to just be in that state of faith just feels so much more comforting than feeling like we have to do everything on our own. Yeah. I was going to say that's like something that I've learned to do over the past six years is to live in that faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if I don't fully understand it all the time and it's constantly, my understanding of it is constantly evolving. Yeah. Um, But just like you can either be in fear or you can be in faith. You can't really be in both right yeah Um, they can't exist in the same plane right fear can't exist in the same plane yeah and love I mean have you read A Course in Miracles no okay you should read it um or do the lessons at least um but the first line I'm gonna butcher this but it's it basically says like that no no fear is real and only love is real oh yeah so yeah I I mean I I didn't say it right no I know I've heard it before (laughs) just of it Mm. That's funny because I saw somebody else talking about A Course in Miracles like maybe six months ago and I was like, oh, and I read about it and I, I thought I ordered it for some reason, but I never got it. So I have maybe it this Kindle. is my sign yeah. to do it. I have it on Kindle. It's, like it's, when you're ready, it yeah, appears. <laughs> exactly. It's definitely like heavy reading material to get through in the beginning. Yeah, it's dense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I actually had someone on the podcast recently who teaches A Course in Miracles and I was like, yeah, so I'm about 3% through A Course in Miracles. How can I like get a little bit more um, of that read? And she was like, start with the lessons first. The daily, okay. there's 365 lessons and each mm-hmm. day you read a lesson and like adapt that into your life. Okay. That's manageable. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right, I can do that. <laughs> okay. So let's see if there are any listener questions that we didn't touch on. I feel like 
we kind of did. Um, okay. How can I get in a habit of starting my day slowly? Mm, okay. That's such a great question. So it's a little bit easier if you work from home, obviously, because mm-hmm. you have control <laughs> over your schedule. But starting your day slow doesn't necessarily mean that you have to carve out an hour of time to yourself. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to follow the prescription that you see of a wellness influencer on Instagram who wakes up in the morning, meditates for 20 minutes, then makes her matcha and does some stretches. (laughs) Yes. Um, And like, I mean, I feel very grateful because that's me too, except for my bulletproof coffee. Um, But I realize that like most people don't have the leisure that we have. Um, And so Instead, it's asking, what does it mean to start start your day slow? Sometimes mm-hmm. that means not grabbing for your phone and being thrown into the world of like super fast speed, mm-hmm. you know, um, not checking your email or not logging onto Instagram and instead waking up and allowing yourself to walk into the bathroom and maybe taking a couple deep breaths before you brush your teeth or before you wash your face and staying disconnected for as long as possible. Because I think we throw ourselves into the digital world so quickly and that's why we think that everything is moving so fast and that our morning is slow and or is is quick and hectic Mm -hmm. and often what we'll find too and I know I did this this morning I woke up and grabbed my phone I woke up at seven and then like before I knew it it was 7 40 and I was just scrolling on my phone and I'm like it doesn't it didn't even feel like 40 minutes yeah oh my god yeah and so um being really mindful about how you wake up is an opportunity for you to really slow down and not um, just throw yourself and immerse yourself in this digital world that of course is moving fast because it's all Mm -hmm. at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's one knowing that like slow doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be an hour or two hour routine in the morning Um, Two, disconnecting from your phone um, for as long as possible. And you can even challenge yourself. Like I remember my husband and I, when we were like really bad on our phones in the morning, we first started challenging ourselves by saying, okay, the first 30 minutes, I'm not going to check my phone the first 30 minutes of waking up. And then after, you know, six 30 or seven 30, I can check my phone. Um, and what I found 30 minutes into my day is that I didn't even want to check my phone right. after that. Yeah. So challenge yourself. Like if you are in a relationship or even if you're single, or maybe you have roommates, challenge yourself to wake up you know, turn your alarm off or use an alarm that's not on your phone, like Mm -hmm. buy an alarm clock, uh, crazy. Mm -hmm. And, um, challenge yourself for a week to give yourself to not check your phone for 30 minutes before you wake up and see how that feels and see like how much one you can get done in that 30 minutes when you're not like checking your phone or checking your email (laughs) or changing the song on Spotify. (laughs) Um, and just like really being present with yourself because I don't think we actually need that much time in the morning. I think time, time is wonderful. But when I, was um doing I was doing a streaming meditation every morning Monday through Friday and I had to be ready by 7:45 for that and I'd wake up at 6:45 and I had so that was an hour to be like fully camera ready and also make my coffee and meditate and journal about what I wanted to talk about on the meditation and so I really didn't need that much time mm-hmm. um but I was really intentional that that hour I wasn't on my phone right and I was being I was I was being in service again of all of these things that I knew filled me up in a way that um, allowed me to connect to myself and be present. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Does that answer totally. it? Yeah. And something that I've been doing is 
like when I get in bed at night to read and yeah when I get in bed at night to read I plug my phone into the charger in the bathroom Mm, and I've been leaving it there I mean luckily my body wakes me up 6 30 every single morning on the dot so I don't need an alarm clock um but like in the beginning I mean it was like it's like an addiction. It was like a physical it withdrawal, yeah. a pull to go get my phone. And yeah. then like, and then I realized, and something that I was struggling with was waking up at like five every morning mm-hmm. and then not being able to fall back asleep. And my phone would be right there. So yeah. after 15 minutes of not being able to fall asleep, I would just pick up the phone and then I'm off to the races. Yeah, exactly. So now that I have it in the bathroom, I even if I wake up early, I fall back asleep. Yeah. And it's like a totally different thing. Like I'm not it it has like a magnetic pull on my brain if it's near me. <laughs> Same yeah. thing, like I can't meditate with it near me or yeah. anything. Yeah. Um I th- I think also one of the things that has been has been really helpful for me, at least in the beginning, is um making sure that like if I am gonna grab for my phone, whatever I'm grabbing for is gonna be something really positive. Yeah. So um whether that's turning on I have like morning affirmations that I listen to mm. or um I created my Goddess's Guide to the Galaxy, which mm-hmm. is a daily email um email series that is a positive message every single morning that was really made for the woman that goes into her email right every single morning yeah, to like make sure at that, least you can Yeah, get exactly. This at little, least you're yeah. like giving yourself some positive messages to start um so that was like one of the things that was really helpful for me that okay if I am going to grab for my phone let me at least be intentional with what the first thing that I'm looking at is Mm -hmm. I'm not opening the email from somebody that I've been expecting Mm -hmm. I'm not going on Instagram I am going directly to read my own message that I sent basically sent (laughs) to myself or um putting on a meditation that is going to like start flooding my brain and my subconscious with positive messages yeah Yeah. And it's like, there's always going to be people that need something from you and want something from you on your phone. And there's always, it's not going anywhere. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not. Yeah. It's such a bad way to wake up, but it's so hard to break the habit. Yeah. But yeah, what you're saying is true. Like all of a sudden now that like I try to leave it in there, I'll go downstairs, make my matcha, which takes five minutes Mm -hmm. and then meditate and all in that's 25 minutes whereas like if I'm on my phone like I can lay there in bed and like scroll the New York Times and then like go check Twitter which is never a good thing like for news and like whatever Instagram and then before you know it like time on your phone is different from real life time oh yeah no absolutely and I think that's why like when we talk about slow like pe- I think mm-hmm. people initially think like oh that means like how can I carve out more space yeah and more time no, actually it's just more intentional yeah exactly yeah okay um one more question which we kind of touched on but for somebody who is feeling like totally out of alignment and maybe like doesn't really have a concept of like spirituality and mm-hmm. all that what's the what is one thing that you would recommend to start? Mm. It's kind of a broad yeah. question. I mean, I think meditation is great, but not always the best gateway drug into mm. the world of spirituality <laughs> because it can be intense, yeah. you know, and if you don't have someone to hold space for you or like guide you through what's coming up, mm-hmm. um, you know, we all have trauma from our past. And usually in the beginning of a meditation practice, some of that can come up whether it's remembering something or just like, again, having an impulse to do something, um, it needs to be expressed and released out of the body. And that's Mm -hmm. why meditation is so beautiful. But with that being said, if you're way out of alignment and you're just like, I need something, I wouldn't say like start meditating right away. Like I think that having other points of awareness with yourself are 
more powerful to like hook you in and it's going to vary person by person so I think it's just taking a moment and even as you're listening to this whether unless you're driving um but just taking a moment and closing your eyes and like asking yourself what is it that like brings me to a place of feeling love or what is it that brings me to a place of feeling confident and when I think about my life where do I see myself six months down the road or 12 months down the road and how do I feel that in my body right now like what is the energy that I feel in my body because our body doesn't lie Mm. it's a lightness that we feel you know from thinking about the things or dreaming about the things that really excite us Mm -hmm. and tuning into when we can feel that lightness in our body when we can feel that expansiveness of like hope and of faith and of trust and when we can feel that in our bodies we can kind of peel back and say okay well like how how can I create this how can I create this in my life maybe that means you feel inspired to drive down to the beach today and watch the sunset Mm -hmm. or maybe it means that you're going to pull out that pad of paper and your sharpie and start to doodle um tonight or maybe that means that instead of grabbing a drink after work you'll get a mocktail instead and be really present with your coworkers or whatever you Mm -hmm. might be doing um I think it's the little tiny changes that we can make rather than trying to overwhelm ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, When we bite off more than we can chew, we end up just throwing it away altogether. Again, it's coming back to the, if I did, if I can't like stick to this huge new practice, then I'm a failure. And so I always tell people, you know, start where you are, use the tools that you have and do what you can. And from there you get to grow. And we constantly are up leveling and understanding our new best. And so as long as we can continue to do our best as that grows and grows and grows, then we are on the spiritual path. You know, we are Mm -hmm. moving back into alignment. And when we're out of alignment, we know because our body hurts. Mm -hmm. We have those gut feelings, the cringiness or the thoughts when we open up our email that are like, I cannot work with this client anymore. (laughs) I can't do this job anymore. So we know, we know when we're out of alignment. Yeah. Um, And the moment that we start to tune in and like close our eyes and find that stillness, our intuition will be like, ah, she's listening. Yay. Okay. Let's give her just a little bit of breadcrumbs. Let's, we won't overwhelm her with like some big psychic development or something, but we'll give her like a little bit of breadcrumbs to get her back onto her path of alignment. And the more that you say yes to that, the easier that it becomes and the more fun that it becomes. And the Mm -hmm. more like, like I said, just expansive that life gets to be. So good. So how can people work with you? How can they find you? Yeah. Where are you at? Yeah. I'm all <laughs> over. Oh my gosh. I'm actually not quite as all over as I used to be. Um, but my podcast is called The Alchemized Life. Um, and I work with women one-on-one. I have a VIP coaching program and it's really for spiritual business babes that are ready to show up for their business and show up for their soul's purpose, um, and get paid for their gifts. Like I said, there's nothing spiritual about being broke. And I really, <laughs> have the intention with everyone that I work with, everyone that I talk to, to know that like they are so worthy of receiving a shit ton of money and manifesting (laughs) absolutely everything that they desire. Um, because I've been there and I've felt the other end of it and I know what it's like to move through all of those money stories and those beliefs and the unworthiness and the lack of confidence. And so being on the other side, 98% of the time, I, um, I'm just like, all right, let's go, let's go ladies. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I do my VIP coaching program. It's all one-on-one. I also create 
create different in-person experiences, um, whether they're smaller weekend retreats or long-term uh, week retreats in different locations across the globe. Um, and in addition to that, I have my course, Be Your Own Mentor, which is really an accessible way to experience my one-on-one -on -one work in a self-guided course format. It's 10 weeks long. The first five weeks are all about personal transformation and really getting down to the energy and um, soul level of why we're doing the work that we're doing. It's really great for either women that have no experience of a spiritual practice and want to dive into all of it or women that have some experience and want to gain more tools. Um, and then the second five weeks is all about career transformation. So really starting to wake people up to the fact that they are so powerful and create a career that they love, whether that means becoming an entrepreneur or simply pivoting into a line of work that's in greater alignment with their soul. Um, so that course is coming out probably around the time that this episode goes live amazing yeah and where can everyone find you on instagram oh yes <laughs> at, at ava johanna um and at the alchemized life and my website is avajohanna.com and i link all of that in show notes so everyone go down to the description if you want to if you can't remember all of that yes thank you so much for <laughs> thank having you me so much for coming on